1: I, can I do my music thing again?
2: The, the real question is, did you remember to hit the record button this time? I did. It's recording,
1: what, and the, the, the sound things. What are these
2: people may not know is, we recorded thirty minutes of a podcast. Probably the best best talk we've ever had. It was absolutely the best one we ever had. And uh, no, no, no audio. No,
1: I forgot to. I forgot to turn the other red light on.
2: It's kind of important, there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> You're having way too much fun with this new soundboard. <laughs> so uh, I have you haven't even prepped me for this when you are like sit down and start talking. So <laughs> yeah,
1: because um, I haven't really thought through it myself. But this I figured, uh, this
2: kind of scares me a little
1: bit. It probably should. All right, so way back uh, in our third episode, I believe it was, uh, we had talked to Logger Wade. Okay. And. Um, you had you'd used a term that I've heard more recently now to describe Wade and his family, and you basically said grit.
2: I said what now? You said
1: grit. They've got grit. grit. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. basically, they're uh, very hardworking individuals. Yeah, not to
2: not to be uh, mistaken with grits, is what you have with your biscuits. I,
1: I got to <laughs> learn this southern crap. <laughs> so, basically, I would like to clarify a few things about that. I would like to go into you have found success in your life um, that's to be determined oh, shut up <laughs> everybody knows it you can you don't have to be that humble um, my point is do you need to necessarily pursue this fancy dancy college education everybody says uh, oh, no, we're go we're going here huh yeah we've we're covered going, this going here. somewhat but again I've been talking to some people recently and um, a lot of these people have children and and they're, you know, the schooling system and everything is trying to push them into college and everything, and saying it's the only way. That, yeah, your blood pressure. Oh, my
2: up. blood pressure is going yeah. through the roof, boys. But this is the hey only girls. way that
1: you're ever going to find success. And like, I'm not talking about doctors or anything. because like we, we've we have established that in previous episodes right. that yes, you want your doctor to go to school, you want your lawyer to go to school. I am talking about your average person who's going to get an average job. Do you think that there is more of a benefit in learning the importance of just working hard, pushing through it, understanding that sometimes it's going to suck, but it's probably going to suck for a reason, and there's going to be a light at the end of the tunnel?
2: Well, I'll I'll take this to my uh, deathbed. There's two things that college will never teach you, Mm -hmm. just... I'll, I'll argue anybody. I don't care if they're a lawyer. I'll argue them to the, my grave. Right. There's two things you're never going to get out of college: work ethic and
1: experience. So work ethic. That's a that's a good term. Yep. Um. So you would argue then that work ethic can almost always get you as far, if not further.
2: Well. Man, this is this is a this it's such, a loaded question. It's a loaded question, and there's so many different ways to go with it. But uh, if if you if you go into a project or if you go into a job, and failure is not an option,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, you're gonna find a way to hunker down, bite your teeth in, <clears throat> grind through it, and survive. Okay, um, if You have the drive to be successful no matter what obstacles are thrown in front of you, no matter what education you have or don't have. You're going to dig your teeth in, hunker down, and be successful just on sure determination.
1: And where do you learn that?
2: Uh, Well, I don't know if it's as... The obvious answer to that is probably your parents or your upbringing, or your the way you were raised, or how you were raised, and or, or, or stuff like that. And and a lot of that is true, but um, uh, the, you you gotta have a drive or a reason or a purpose in life. Mm-hmm. Um, I man, I wish I had a better answer for your question there, Jason, and I, and I don't. I mean, my work ethic comes from uh one my family I mean everybody in my family was self-employed and I was taught from a very early age if you want it I'm not going to give it to you you're going to have to go get it and earn it yourself right um uh, and then I think that drove me that drove me into um you know failure is not an option type mentality and if you start failing you just start working harder you okay. know what I mean and uh, I've had my back against the wall numerous times, um, uh, to the point where I should have been bankrupt or, um, you know, bad things should have happened, and I just refused to quit, Mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes the only way out of that corner is to work your way out of it, and it don't matter if it's 5 o'clock and it's quitting time, you stay till 9 o'clock till the job's done so you can get paid to make payroll the next week or, or make the house payment or Right. Or this, that, or the other, um, you do what you have to 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 get by, and it 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 becomes a it becomes a way of life um, in some ways. Uh, so it,
1: it'll it'll almost transfer out of just a business slash work ethic or work mentality, I guess, almost into your everyday life. If
2: yeah, you know. I mean
1: finding happiness, you need to keep trying kind of thing. There's
2: in. I don't by no means want this to sound like I'm tooting my own horn because I am absolutely not.
1: And I I would like to put out that I didn't bring up this topic to you beforehand. You had no idea this is what we were going to no, talk about. No, no, no. And mostly because I know that you don't want to come off as, as such. Yeah. But I think that you do have a good story to tell.
2: So uh and i don't know if pep peeves is the right word but um man this is hard to um put into words which is surprising for me cuz usually i'm pretty good at that yes, but uh you you know me pretty well mm-hmm. you know what i accomplish in a 24 hour period as far as the ground i cover the people i talk to the right. uh responsibilities i have in front of me the hobbies I choose to do as far as YouTube and the time constraints they take. Um, I'm very involved with the community and you know, the time requirements and responsibilities that go with that. Um, I try to be very, very, very efficient with my time and accomplish as much as possible in a short period of time. Mm -hmm. And then I see these people that have a third of my workload and they're too busy for something. Right. And, I just want to have a talk with him. I'm like, you're not too busy. Either one, you choose not to do it, or two, you're not efficient.
1: To me, it comes down to you don't want it bad enough or you're lazy. I wasn't going to use the L word, but you went there. Um, I, I heard a quote not too long ago, and I, I really like it. Uh, it's that laziness is an equal opportunity offender. Yeah, there's a lot of truth to that. You No, know, I, I don't care who you are. Where you came from, what you're doing, what you did—you, you, lazy is a choice. It
2: is, it is, and whenever failure is an option because you have a safety net, right. it allows you to be that. Right. Um. I, I don't want to pretend like I've never had safety nets in my life. I always have.
1: Well, that I think that comes in time, and that comes with experience and learning. Right. You learn when. But you put whenever you're
2: whenever you're as close to failure as I've been several times, you learn to build safety nets underneath you, mm-hmm. and then you do everything in your power not to use them. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's kind of where I've been fortunate enough to be at in life right now. Was. I've been on the brink of bankruptcy and failure and I've managed to climb myself back up. I've built two or three safety nets underneath me and I'm going to do everything in my power not to hit them. And if I do hit the first one, I'm going to hope the second one holds. And I'm, you know, try to make decisions and, and, and work as hard as I can to, um, to not, not get in that situation again.
1: Right. Um, so, going back a little bit, because uh, I am I want to give my perspective on some of this, too. Well, I, I just want to
2: hit on one other thing real yeah. quick. And I don't want to go down oh, a, okay. a road you don't want to go down, because uh, you're leading this podcast, not me. But Oh, I don't have any roads. You, well, you, you know, you said laziness is an equal opportunity offender. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side of that, uh, one thing that uh, kind of irks my chain a little bit is why we want to punish successful people.
1: Oh, you really want to go down that? <laughs>
2: I mean, you started this fight. (laughs) I know, I know, I know, know. I'm sorry. But there's, you know, a lot of very, very successful people in life Mm -hmm. got there because they were willing to dig their heels in. i
1: got to adjust my microphone for this.
2: They were willing to dig their heels in, put the time and effort into. And I'm convinced that everybody in this country could be a successful person if they wanted to put the time and effort into it.
1: Yeah, I think we're going to change the title of this podcast to The American Dream. Not this podcast episode, to The American Dream. (laughs) So, I don't know what brought on the Me Too cancel culture where everybody feels entitled to what the other person has. But I don't believe that that is what this country is about. Um, You know, this country, I do believe, is about people who came here seeking a better life with the understanding that if they just work their ass off, eventually they should be able to get to it. Right. Now, that negates making good choices financially and you know, responsibly. I get that. But the basic concept is that if I just wake up every day before the sun comes up and I work until I can't work anymore and I do everything that I possibly can to make tomorrow a little bit better than yesterday was, I will eventually be living the dream. Um, and I th- I don't know where, somewhere along the lines we need to Well, I people. think
2: we also need to maybe define what the definition of successful is and successful does not mean you're filthy rich no successful does not mean you're famous uh successful does not mean everything in your life's you know rainbows and sunshine
1: to me personally and i've talked to my wife a great deal about this actually success is when i can go to bed without being stressed about Am I going to be able to pay this? Or if if what happens if I get sick tomorrow or I break right. an arm or something and I can't make it to work and I can't work overtime? How how are we going to put food on the table? See, you
2: know? my definition of success is a little bit less than that, and it's not that um, you need to have anything left over at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You just need to pay for yourself that day. Right. You know what I mean? If, if you can if you can keep the roof over your head if you can keep food on the table mm-hmm. if you can keep a, a, a if you need transportation if you can keep reliable transportation right uh if you can do that without being dependent on uh entity mm-hmm. or a person outside source outside source you're 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 a successful person and i fully understand based on your Location or your nationality or a couple different things. Maybe you don't have some of the opportunities some of us do. I I get that and I understand that. But your definition of successful should be adjusted to 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 that. that You know, Mm -hmm. just because you know, uh, throw a crazy name out there. I don't know what you want to do. You know, you can't compare yourself to a famous movie star or or a a famous business owner. Or something like that. You have to gauge yourself on what category you choose you want to be in. I don't know if right. I'm articulating that correct, but I hope I am.
1: I, I think your, your goals need to be realistic. Correct. And I think, because I, I know that you would put this in had you thought about it, but it's like, okay, so you, if you're on level three, you know, there's nothing that says you cannot aspire to get to level 20.
2: Oh, correct, correct, you know, correct. By any
1: stretch of the imagination. But, but you
2: got to st- set attainable goals and climb yourself up that ladder, and yeah. I'm, I'm fully convinced that you can go from the ba- basement to the penthouse no matter who you are. And I
1: know people who have. No
2: matter who you are.
1: Right, I personally know people who have. Um,
2: if you're just willing to put the time and effort in to do it.
1: Right. Um, so, going back and I, a little bit, and I asked you, like, how do you teach that lesson? Um, and I... I personally don't know the answer but i can tell you where well
2: i mean the reality of it is and i I don't mean to be harsh whenever i say this Mm -hmm. there's got to be consequences for failure
1: oh we'll get into accountability okay (laughs) but i just want to focus more on like the uh, where does the lesson per se or how do you put the spark into somebody i guess um and you had mentioned maybe from your parents or something and i i got that from my parents but my the thing is, is my parents never sat me down and were like, Hey, Jason, this is what you need to do. You need to aspire to do this. You know, like I never had that conversation. And I know well, My, my parents
2: pretty much threatened me. I was going to be living in a whirlpool box if I didn't get a job.
1: Yeah. and I, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I never got to that point because I had a job before then anyway. Right. But basically I, I do distinctly remember growing up and I, I had a good childhood. I mean, I'm not afraid to admit that and I'm very thankful for it, but I know. I had a lot of friends who didn't. Um, And I would basically, in my own mind, compare my situation to theirs, just kind of seeing the outside inputs, I guess. So my sister and I grew up, and we had a very comfortable living situation, but my father worked three jobs for a long time. And my mom worked full time. And we would stay with my grandmom, you know, because they were both at work. And we didn't see our parents that much. But a lot of my friends that didn't have such a great situation as far as, like, comfort of living, I guess, their parents were home all the time. They were watching TV on the couch. So I kind of made a connection. Well, my parents are working their ass off. I don't get to see them because they're at work. My dad would leave his first job to go to his second job, and then he would do side work as a third. And he did this up until fifth fifth grade for me maybe my sister would have been almost in high school at that point and then he eventually moved up through his first job to the point where he didn't have to have the other jobs anymore so now he could actually just work 40 hours or 50 or 60 or whatever he did right you know and we would see my dad a little bit more so i saw this progress and i kind of took that as okay so if i work my butt off in the beginning eventually things should start to get better and it'll come kind of full circle. I'll have a comfortable life and also be able to do the things that I want to do, spend time with my family, et cetera. Right, you know, find so, the balance. Yeah. So I need to to ignite that, that drive inside of me to go out there and find work now and work a lot now so that later on I'm kind of set up. And I think that's where my work ethic came from.
2: Yeah, mine, you know, one of the best lessons i ever got taught as a kid and i need to give a little bit of family history to make this uh, make sense i guess but mm-hmm. um my and i'm going to go back a little ways in my family history to be honest with you my grandpa's dad my great grandpa uh, they owned a very successful coal mine and he actually got killed when my grandpa was 12. Uh, so, my grandpa lost his dad and lost a lot of the wealth from the coal mine and, and had a bunch of siblings. And um, he, for my, my grandpa, my grandma and grandpa got married. And for the longest time, my grandpa was a lot like me. He just had the, like, failure is not an option. He had the drive. And he I don't know the exact number, but they struggled for 15, 20 years, mm-hmm. scraping by. He was a milk truck delivery man. He decided to start an insurance company. And with the insurance company, he finally had some success and and, and grew a very, very large, successful insurance firm. Had a little bit extra money, decided he was going to invest it, bought into some oil wells. This would have been in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, Oil prices tanked, DNR, EPA, regulations went through the roof. Long story short, he lost his butt. And um, they closed down the oil well business, and they had some of these trucks left over. Well, I'm 15, 16 years old at this time. So I take one of these old oil well company trucks and I fix it up. I get it running. I get it roadworthy. Getting ready to get my license. And I'm thinking, boy, I'm going to I'm gonna have me a nice new truck or a nice used truck here right. for free. You know, the family's got this old hunk of junk here. I've put my money, time, and effort into fixing it up. We'll be good to go. So I get my license, I go out and hop in the old brown truck, I'm driving to school, mom comes out, she goes, what are you doing? I said, I'm driving to school. She goes, that's not your truck, you're riding a bus. I said, (laughs) what? Just blindsided me, she goes, you want a truck, you get a job and buy one. I'm like, wowzer. So this was a real reality check for me, because at this point in life, my grandpa was a a big pillar in the the community. Uh Uh, He... He would walk up here today. You wouldn't think he had a, a pot to piss in, but right. everybody knew he he probably was fairly wealthy. Uh, my immediate family, my family pot of my mom, dad, my brothers, we never hurt for anything, but we were a far cry from wealthy. Right. And so I go to school riding the bus, where everybody thinks I'm the guy that should have the new truck because I got the wealthy family, and here's these kids that their families are struggling financially and their parents did buy them a new car and I'm at the hornet and I'm like this is not fair like John's family cannot afford that car he's driving and he's got one my family can't afford this truck I want and they won't give it to me I mean I'm just furious right but I was furious for about a day and mm-hmm. then I realized being mad ain't gonna do me any good right if I want a truck I need to get a damn job and get some money and get a truck. guess I can get my own truck. So I started cutting grass. I was already doing a lot of these things, but I actually started getting savvy with my money. Instead of blowing it on four-wheelers and tires and go-karts and stupid crap, Mm -hmm. I started stocking it away. And I was working at the Bowling Alley. I was cutting grass. I was playing snow. I was doing, you know, small yard jobs. And I got my license in May. And by August, whenever school started the next year, guess what? I bought me a truck. Mm -hmm. you know and at the time I mean I was furious about this I thought this is crap you know what I mean like my family's got it why aren't they giving it to me right but to this day that's one of the best life lessons I ever learned yeah is if you want it don't ask for it go earn it right it's it's that simple Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's what I did and that's still what I do today yeah and it's it's
1: it's a valuable life skill, I think, too. It's not even a lesson. It's, um, if you want something and you can't just walk into the, the derby market and say, hey, I want to buy a truck. Give me a job. Right. That That's not going to work. It's not how it works. No, no, all. You might have to be a little creative. You might have to say, well, we got a lawnmower and the shed. There's 15 neighbors that all have grasses or all have yards. Right. You know, ten bucks a yard, one hundred fifty dollars a week. Okay, I gotta I gotta pay dad back, five dollars in fuel. I made one hundred forty five dollars in a week. Okay, so you might you might have to do that.
2: And that whole process right there should give you a good understanding of how the world works in general. You know what right. I mean? It's. Um, you know, I've always said as a small business owner that, you know, the biggest misconception about being a business owner is that automatically deems you as a wealthy person. Which it doesn't. That is the <laughs> farthest thing from the truth.
1: And I, I know that a, a lot of regular listeners are probably tired of hearing that, but it is the honest-to-God truth. It's,
2: yeah. Um, I'm I'm broke as a joke 24-7, I'll be honest with you guys. Right. I got a lot of stuff. I don't have a whole lot of money. But uh,
1: I mean... There's something to be said about that, though. I mean, you have assets. Right. What you have is yours. Correct. So your excavator that you can bill out for, nobody can come take it's that.
2: A, yeah, it's a revenue-generating asset.
1: And it's yours. Correct. So, okay, so you might not have the money in the bank, but you also have means to make money every day. Yeah, yeah, if, provide. If you so choose to wake up and go and get in that machine and make money. Correct. So that's, it's hard to put this in the words. Yeah, it is. It's hard so no. to,
2: uh, and it's not that we're not trying to offend anybody or not speak our minds. Absolutely but not. It, it, I think it goes back to it's a lifestyle, Jason. It's a lifestyle and it's, and it's, a, it's a mindset. Right. Um, if you choose to be successful, you can be successful. Right. But it, it starts with the choice of being successful, and I think the 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 trap everybody falls into is the definition of successful.
1: Yeah. And I think that they also, and I may have been guilty of, of this myself, even just asking this question, there is no true definition for successful. That no, you, can,
2: you have to determine what successful is for you. Right. And then figure out how you're going to obtain that goal. Um, it's, I'm, I'm a very independent self sufficient person so maybe the drive to be successful is easy for me because i don't want to be reliant on somebody else uh controlling the quality of my life that's a good way to put that it's yeah. it's it's that's probably one reason why i'm self employed <clears throat> i've had job offers I could make way more money than what I am right now working for somebody else with my skill set mm-hmm. um but I choose not to because then I am dependent on them to control my quality of life. Right. And success to me is doing what I want to, not what I have to. Now.
1: That's a very good way to put that too. Um,
2: now I have to work to make money to do what I want to. I don't want to get too f- misleading with that comment. Right. But you know, happiness to me uh, and my quality of life is way more successful than shiny new paint or big numbers with a lot of zeros in a, in a bank account mm-hmm. or, or fancy houses or fancy vehicles. You guys see me on my channel. I have very little new paint that I actually own. Right. My, my newest truck I have is 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, most of my equipment has thousands and thousands. I, I, all that status stuff, you know what right. I mean? Um, but on the flip side of that, I have very little payments. I have very little overhead. It allows me to be very uh, fluid with my schedule, mm-hmm. uh, YouTube, right. uh, trips, traveling, time with the family, podcasting, stuff like that. Things I enjoy.
1: Right. So you you get you get the luxury of being in control. Correct. Of your life every day, all the time. Yeah, and I want Not that with you know.
2: Yeah, and I don't want that to be mistaken with a with a control freak, because I, I honestly don't think that I am. I delegate a lot of stuff. I. Uh, I, I
1: think I meant more your schedule. Yeah. yeah. You know, you, you get within reason to decide what time you're going to wake up. Now you have to make that decision based on jobs, obviously. Yeah. But so
2: success for me is waking up in the morning and not dread what I'm doing that day and actually looking forward to my day. Right. You know, that, that can be considered success. That's that's probably one of my biggest things is, you know, I was, I've been self-employed for going on 15 years. 10 years of that. I can't say that that was the case. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, I've, I've kind of just figured that out in the last couple of years, to be honest with you. So maybe
1: after 12 years, you're just starting to reap the benefits of it. Yeah. And I don't uh, mean that like you're rolling and sleeping on mattress. No, no, no,
2: no, no, no. But I mean, I, I've been self-employed for, I guess, 15 years. Man, I'm getting old. But I, I feel like the – I've made money. I've gained assets. I've done a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But – honestly, I feel like I have truly can say I've been successful at it the last two years. Like I found the balance between all of that. right? Uh, and the whole point of this conversation is, is trying to define success and you need to figure out what that is for you, not, com- not take somebody else's success and try to achieve that. Right. You need to achieve what your definition of success is.
1: You actually have to sit down and as cheesy as it sounds, it's the truth. You need to have a conversation with yourself. You need to figure out what you want out of life, yeah, what compromises you're willing to to make to get to that point Let me, my phone is two and a half years old <laughs> you know i mean i I can make my phones last i don't I generally don't use them as bucket spacers or anything, but I also don't put myself in that, that, situation. Was, a low, that was a low it was blow. a low blow because I know that you're gonna say that your phone's like twelve years old, <laughs> so you know when but when we switched carriers and I had to get a new phone, I got a new phone and I, I did not get the cheapest one because I use it for YouTube sometimes, but right. I've been able to keep this phone since then. And I don't plan on getting a new one until I absolutely have to, right. you know, nothing wrong with that one. Yeah, exactly. If this phone, I don't give quite a crap if it doesn't take great videos or anything like that. If it makes a phone call and it sends a text message and it's GPS works. I will not replace it. Right. You know, Um, but that's a compromise that I make because at the end of the day, getting to the goals that I want to get to having the newest phone is not important to me. I could care less. You don't fit
2: into the equation.
1: Right. I don't, I don't wear expensive clothing, nothing against people who do, but my own definition of success, the compromise is made that nine times out of 10, I wear uh, American-made that support a good cause, or I wear the merchandise of my friends that have YouTube channels. We appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, you know, but that's it. I'm not going to spend $40 on a T-shirt. That's right. astronomically insane. I will spend $25 on a T-shirt that says Dirt Perfect or Lagerweight or Let's Dig 18. Yeah, uh, you
2: know, you, I don't buy into the uh, purchasing status right. deal. Never have. You know, I, I get the comments all the time. I'm on equipment of can't believe you're running the old wrinkly stuff or you can't believe you, you know you don't upgrade to the new or, you're, mm-hmm. you know, you scratched your counterweight. And I'm like, oh, boy, you, you've never owned a business or equipment or, or if, 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 if that's what you're worried about. Yeah. You just don't get it. Right. I I don't know how else to nicely put that. Or
1: maybe you're so successful, and I wish I was in your shoes. Yeah, out, the, I, the likeliness. Yeah,
2: I just, uh, with all due respect, I I I don't get it. I just really don't get it.
1: Right. So, how do you feel about people pushing the next generation that they have to go through these secondary schools and?
2: So I'll be I'll be honest with you this a little bit. I I am very, very, very passionate about the trades. Right. Um and I don't think uh I've got some kids that are coming up through school now and I know some kids that are around the graduation age. Honestly, whenever I graduated high school in two thousand, I don't think it's as bad now as what it was then.
1: Okay, I get what you're saying.
2: Which is slightly encouraging. Mm-hmm. So whenever I was graduating high school in 2000, I was flat told by the principal of our school, if you're not striving to go to Harvard or Yale, a four-year university involved in a school sport or after-school activity, you're nothing but a waste of space in this school. And that went through me like a rusty nail. I mean, I ain't going to lie, I was absolutely pissed. I'll tell you why I was pissed, because I had no intentions of doing any of those things. I was already a better contributing member to society than two-thirds of my classmates. No disrespect to them, but I was already volunteering. I was running a business. I was working for my truck. And I had a a plan of what I wanted to do in life. You know, I wanted to be self-employed. That's the route I wanted to go, and I knew it's what I wanted to do. And so I got up. Whenever he said that in our class meeting, I got up and walked out. I was livid. And uh, this this principal, his name I'll say his name. His name was Dr. McCormick. He's dead now. He's not going to come back and haunt me. Um, and he probably has tried more than um, he He called me into his office after that, and he proceeded to tell me how disrespectful it was for me to get up and walk out of that meeting. Right. And uh, I didn't engage with him. I just sat there and let him chew in my ear, and that pissed him off even more. And, you know, I just – I, I, so this was my junior year of high school, and to this day it just infuriates me. So I, I just uh, I, I didn't play his game. I just let him do his thing. I ignored him and, and went on. Uh-huh. Well, then six, eight months later or six, eight weeks later, he finds out who my grandpa is, uh-huh. which uh, in the school corporation terms uh, was a very, very important person. Right. We'll leave it at that. Oh, now all of a sudden he wants to be my best friend, and I pretty much had the go to hell attitude with him. Boy, I'm like, good reason. And um, so, fast forward three years, uh, I've graduated high school. I've went off to college uh, on a technicality because that's what you were supposed to do is go off to college on a technicality, and I, and I went to Lincoln Tech for a two year degree in applied science. I come back to the school for a, a basketball game or something, and, and Dr. McCormick comes up to me, and um, he's still trying to encourage me. He goes, you're better than this. You need to go to a four-year school. You need to apply yourself. Don't waste, your, don't waste yourself and do all this. And I looked him dead in the eye, and I said, listen to me. College is not for everybody. I don't care how many people go to college. You're still going to need somebody to fix the leaky roof on your house, fix the pipes in your, on your plumbing, fix the electric. Fix your car when it breaks down. Work on the road that gets you from point A to point B. Build the bridge over the river. Uh, so a couple different things. If you want to keep forcing everybody into the college arena and away from the trades, eventually I'm going to be able to name my price for anything I just listed because nobody's going to want my job no more. And the price is going to go through the roof. If if you do force all of us to go to college, the price for those services is going to go through the roof. hmm um, and here we are, 21 years later, and unfortunately, it's true. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the people in the trades are falling away because they've been blacklisted. It, you are looked down on to go into the trades.
1: Oh, absolutely. I was laughed at, yeah. basically, for my
2: decision. And it just absolutely infuriates me for a couple different reasons. And, and uh, the biggest one is, I don't care if you're the damn trash man if you're passionate about picking up trash and you get paid to pick up trash and that's your life goal to go pick up trash and i know it sounds crazy but there's people out there like that yeah be happy for the guy he found his
1: passion yeah
2: and he's doing
1: he's doing a damn good job and he's
2: doing a damn good job you we need we as a society need people to pick up trash yeah so don't discourage him from doing that because you don't think it's a status symbol job
1: right and Let me clue you in, listener who doesn't know this. Trash men make good living. They do. They do. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Yeah. They make, like, in our area, they make, I think, $26 an hour.
2: Right. To drive a damn trash truck. and, and, And to take this a step farther, we get so caught up in job titles. Yeah. I don't care if you call me trash man. I don't care if you call me glorified floor sweeper. Yeah. If I'm going to work that day and I'm happy for it, you can call me whatever you want to.
1: I don't care. Sleep or yeah, sleeping. Sweeping a floor is a good good topic because I'm a mechanic, so sometimes we're a little slow, and you you got to clean up. And I have many coworkers. When I was foreman, I had many people under me who just flat out refused. That's not my job. I'm the senior guy. I make yeah, x baby. amount of dollars. This is my job title. And I'd say, all right. Well, when I was foreman, this is you know what I could do because I could boss people around. Great, great job. I was like, all right, that's not your job title. That's fine. Well, your job is to fix shit. So, you see that piece of equipment all the way out there in the parking lot? Go find something broke on it and fix it. Yeah. Well, it's raining. tough shit. I'm going <laughs> to grab the broom and sweep. Yeah. Well, you're the foreman. That means I'm getting paid foreman rate to push a goddamn broom. Yeah. I don't care. You know, like, why can't people get past that mental block?
2: Uh, I, I don't know. You know, uh, people will follow my... Uh, YouTube channel, um, you know a lot of a lot of times if um, a lot of times if you know I, one video that comes to mind is, is I brought the brand new Volvo excavator. Right. I think the second job, the second job I had the Volvo excavator on, I got Captain Cleveland in there running. I'm down the trench shoveling mud.
1: Right. I remember that, and I remember the comments you got.
2: And and everybody was blowing me up. Oh, I can't believe you know brand new excavator. How come you're not running? How come you? It don't matter to me. I, I'm perfectly fine with running a shovel. I I'm mean, writing the bill. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell, it's you know? it's not that big a deal. Like, I don't understand why. If I want to run a shovel, I'm going to go run a shovel, and I'm going to be happy doing it. You right. know what I mean? Um, you're Captain, there
1: for a common task to see the job get finished. Correct. And correct. Sometimes you're going to use the shovel. Sometimes you're going to use the hoe. Right. The excavator. It, and you've, yeah, you I got, I got. your head around that. I got
2: blew up in the YouTube comments because, you know, I'm the boss. I bought the excavator. I did all this stuff. I can't believe I let Captain Cleman run it, and I'm down there with a stinking shovel. I, I had more – I mean, th- that was me, – I remember that job very vividly. And me and, client, me and Captain Kleeman, had an absolute blast that day. I don't think either one of us felt like we were at work that day. Right. I got a new machine. You know, I just soon let him run it while I'm there, so I can show him the nuances of it. He was having a good time running the machine. I was running the shovel, as happy as could be. Honestly, if you think about it, it worked out really good for me, because I could sit there and answer YouTube comments. I had more downtime because I'm not continuously digging. Right. You know, catch up on some emails, make some phone calls on some upcoming jobs. I'm being very efficient with my time. Be the boss. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, I got to shovel a little mud. I got my feet dirty. Got dirty in my fingernails, but man. You know, working shower. Yeah, I mean it's, but that that kind of shows that same mentality a little bit of what you were talking about. And another thing is, if you are the the boss, or in my situation, I've always been a guy like everybody that's worked for me will probably tell you this: Mm -hmm. you rarely tell me I can't do that or no, because every one of them knows I will drop what I am doing and I'm going straight to the trenches. I've watched this. And, yeah, and, and, and shit's going to get done, and we're yeah. going to do it together. Right. You know, so don't tell me. And, and they know that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm very well known for it of, I don't care how muddy it is, how nasty it is, how bad it stinks, how horrible the weather is, if I'm not going to put you in any situation or any predicament that I wouldn't do myself. Right. And, and they can't argue that fact because they've seen me there doing it myself.
1: And that's how it should be. There, There's... You are never above doing anything. I don't care who you are. Uh, You can clean your own damn toilet. Yeah, unfortunately I have to, yeah. Yeah, you can go into the trenches and dig with a freaking shovel. It's not going to kill you. Yeah, You're going to get dirt on your hands. You're going to shower that night anyway, aren't you? Yeah. You know, people need to drop that mentality. They need to drop this, like you said, job title status mentality. And I don't care if you're in the medical field. Okay, so I, I do understand that in some careers there's a, there's a hierarchy that you yeah, need to respect. Yeah, absolutely. But outside of the respecting of the authority... But how,
2: the, how military ranking works has nothing to do with my job site. No, it doesn't.
1: And like, you know, doctors, nurses, whatever the in-between nothing is. Nothing
2: to do with digging a ditch or fixing an engine right. or...
1: And even if you are a doctor and you, okay, someone comes in and they're they're coughing and obviously uncomfortable and you're walking by. So you're above maybe potentially fixing that solution real quick. Yeah. I just, I don't understand.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. You just jump in and do what needs to be done. What needs to be done. So, um, You know, you're talking about um, college and education mm-hmm. and, and stuff a little bit. And, and and to be clear, there are professions right. where they require an education.
1: I would never sit here and say, don't ever go to college. Right. College is stupid because and I feel like that's the exact problem that we've had just on the other spectrum.
2: But I think on the flip side of that is college is not for everybody. No. And there's certain certain occupations where I don't think college – should be required and it is i agree with that um me as an employer i mean i've been an employer for 15 years now and if i get a kid that shows up and says you know he's wanting a job in construction and he just went to vincennes and completed a construction management course he goes straight to the bottom of the list Mm -hmm. because he for one unfortunately he thinks he already knows it all Two, they were probably prepped for a perfect world, bigger situation than what I'm going to provide to them, mm-hmm. and I'm going to spend more time arguing with them about how his school was wrong than teaching them the way I want to be taught and moving forward. Right. Um, that's not the case for everybody, but that's not a, a selling point for me.
1: That that's not an out of left field scenario. I've no. seen that time and time yeah.
2: again. Yeah. And 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 guys, everybody in my industry talks. I had my competition up here pouring concrete in my house today. Um, I, you know, especially in this area, we're 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 pretty close, knit If you're in the same business or the same industry, you talk mm-hmm. this same mentality. I mean, everybody around here in my industry has the same right. the same thought process. It, it kind of is what it is. So, I, I just want to kind of give my experience a little bit with furthering your education. Mm-hmm um and, and i think this i think this is a good way to approach a lot of the trades whether it's mechanic and nursing um, carpentry plumbing so electric welding
1: do you consider nursing in the trades yeah i
2: do actually okay um
1: i do i do um i base my definition of trades based on if there's a trade school out there that you right right
2: right but yeah i i think that's a a, con- a trade in and, and it, and I might be forgetting some, and I apologize if I am.
1: And then also, before you keep going on that, where do you put the military in there? Because that's always a viable option for people, too.
2: I think, honestly, I think the military is a complete animal of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of trades to be learned while you're in the military, but I think whenever you get out, you kind of got to make that decision of what your civilian life's going to be. Right. Uh, you're going to learn a tremendous amount of skills, while you were there, and it may lead you towards, towards a separate path. And I have the upper, utmost respect for those guys. I would hire one in a heartbeat, but I also want to be a little cautious of those guys when they come out that the way the military does stuff isn't always the way we do stuff out here in the civilian world. Right. And sometimes we got to adapt a little bit to that, mm-hmm. you know. Because um,
1: I will say that I, we have a lot of, of military uh, mechanics at work, mm-hmm. and they are damn good. Yeah, you know they're very meticulous, right? And they, they they're very,
2: very structured. Yes. Yeah, they're very, very structured, right? Um, so, you know, my thought process is on this is is whenever I graduated school in two th- high school in two thousand, you like not going to college was not an option if you're going to be successful. Like I was taught that if you didn't go to college, you were going to be a failure, right? So uh, my ultimate goal was, is how fast can I go to college and get this over with? Mm-hmm. I mean, that that was my mentality. And uh, I, I didn't know whether I wanted to go in the construction world or the mechanic world, but I kind of knew I wanted to go down the operating path and I didn't, I, I wasn't really excited about the union option for a bunch of different reasons, mm-hmm. which actually is a good way to get trained. Yeah, it is. So... I knew quite a bit about carpentry and construction. I was a self taught mechanic. I thought, "Ah, I'll just go to mechanic school, get some formal education on this. And it was a a two year program and in and out real quick. So I went to Lincoln Tech in in Indianapolis. I was there for 18 months and then ended up getting an internship at a Mack truck dealership. And and we talked about this in a previous podcast as well. The two, let's just call it two years, Mm -hmm. I was at Lincoln Tech. I learned more working at Lowe's than I did going to school. Right. I mean, that is, it's nothing against the school. It's nothing against the program. But, I mean, I, I didn't even open a book and got a 4.0. Right. I mean, and I'm not that smart a guy. Mm-hmm. I'm really not. But working at Lowe's, I had a hands-on experience, and I got uh, promoted to being a manager I got some management skills. Kind of got to see how they were structured, how stuff kind of worked in the big corporate world. Right. Uh, but the reality of it is, after I left, uh, the reality of it is, is after I left the the college, I got a job at a Mack truck dealership. Mm-hmm. And these guys, the Mack truck dealership, they sent me to specialized schooling. Right. Now, granted, it was for a Mack engine
1: that stuff cross it crosses over an engine is an engine is an, it, engine, is it, an engine
2: it's the same theory of operation across the board right um, and that's where I learned more and this this I'm not exaggerating this guys this is a true statement I learned more in the first two weeks working at that truck dealership than I did in two years in school mm-hmm. um, on the job hands-on experience so Long story short, my advice to somebody that wants to get into the trades, uh, let's just say for theory you want to be, for the sake of conversation, you want to be a mechanic. Mm -hmm. Do you want to be a heavy diesel mechanic do you want to be an automotive mechanic? If you want to be an automotive mechanic, go to a dealership, get a job, and take advantage of every training opportunity they give you.
1: On their dime. On their dime,
2: you learn they may ask you to stay there for five years. It's worth every penny of it because they're going to pay you to go to school, and that education you get will cross over to the whole gamut of the world.
1: (laughs) And then they're going to pay you for the five years to be there.
2: Yes. Uh, If you want to be an electrician, find a reputable. Reputable. Yes, there you go. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Electrician, company, or firm. Mm Mm-hmm. Get in there, find you a mentor within the company, and be his little shadow. Yeah, uh, you're going to gain more real world, actual, usable experience. Yeah. As an as an employer, if I had a guy that comes up here, let's just say I'm hiring electricians, mm-hmm. and this guy's got five years on the job experience, and this guy's straight out of school, I'll hire the guy with five years experience and give him ten more dollars on the hour than I'll ever before I ever even think about the other guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, it's just, it's just. School don't teach you what you need to know for the real world. They give you enough qualifications to get your foot in the door somewhere, but you still got to learn on the job.
1: They make you look good on paper so that somebody might hire you.
2: There's a reason why the last four years to become a doctor, you got to work in the field as a resident. Mm -hmm. I think that's how it works. I may have it wrong, but that's... It's it's the concept. It's the concept. It's what I'm going after. You know what I mean? So uh, we don't need four years of schooling to be an electrician. You just need a good mentor. You know? It is, is what it comes down to.
1: So you, you said get get into an uh, electrician job, become an apprentice, basically. In doing that, I think it's important to understand you are the low man on the totem pole. Your Absolutely. job is going to suck. Everybody, you're going to be doing dumb, monotonous bitch it work. It don't
2: matter what job you're yes. doing. Everybody's going to start at the bottom.
1: Yes. And and that's okay. It, that's normal. That is what normal is. You're yeah. not going to walk in and they're going to say, oh, Mike. Thanks. I'm glad that you're here for your first day. I think that's, why,
2: I think that's why we are, uh, as as employers in the trade, mm-hmm. I think that's why we're reluctant to hire college graduates is because they think they need to start three or four rungs up the ladder.
1: Oh, no. They want to start CEO.
2: And, and that's not...
1: Yeah. It's like, oh, you're hired. Oh, cool. Get out of my seat. Yeah. What? No, yeah. It, it don't. Yeah. It don't work that way. So now that I've got your your blood pressure. No, you've got a
2: you got a bowl and I'm doing a pretty good job of staying level, level level headed here.
1: All right, here we go. You ready for this one? Oh then? boy. So I was talking to some friends that have children, well kids. They're in like high school now. What is your honest opinion on guidance counselors and teachers discouraging people from being entrepreneurs?
2: Oh boy. <laughs> So
1: first off, could uh-huh. you
2: imagine the world if we did not have business people and entrepreneurs?
1: Oh, I can't yet. I know <laughs> we're imagining the same world, but um, sugarcoated a little bit.
2: It it, um, man, oh man, wowzers. So first off, I don't think you should ever discourage anybody from being what they want to be, and that goes back to the trash guy. Uh, if, if if I'm a guidance counselor and somebody comes into my office and says they aspire to be a trash man, and, and I just use a trash man because everybody thinks of him as the, the low guy on the totem pole. Right. And uh, we have established that it's
1: uh, very far from the truth. But anyway.
2: So let's just say hypothetically you walk into my office and I'm a guidance counselor and you say your, your ultimate goal in life is to be a city trash collector. Mm-hmm. A good, good guidance counselor? Would say, well, let's see who we need to talk to and what we need to do to make that happen. Right. The reality of what happens is they have a conversation about how you're better than that, mm-hmm. and you need to aspire to do this. And I give them a pamphlet for a four-year college.
1: Right. So, which has nothing to do with trash. Collecting. So, well, actually, when you really think about it, they handed them a piece of trash. <laughs>
2: you know, <laughs> you're going way on the limb there. But <laughs> I'm, I'm going to spin this around to. Uh, A different perspective on this. And uh, I I got a local bank here in town that I do a lot of banking with. Mm -hmm. And there's a gentleman there that uh, pretty much handles all the commercial side of stuff. So if I need money, I go down and talk to this guy. Mm -hmm. And somehow we got on the conversation this one day about uh, my story I told you guys about my principal and Dr. McCormick. And he knew this individual. And my passions for the trades and how I think, you know, college education is not for everybody. I don't want to yeah. say it's BS, but it's not for everybody. No,
1: and it's, it's not. We're not trying to put that message out And
2: there. he sat there and he goes, Mike, he goes, let me tell you something. He goes, I sit here in this chair all day long, and all I do is look at companies, P&Ls and businesses and all this stuff. And he goes – he goes, I'm absolutely floored. He goes, there's a lot of guys out there like you that walk in here that make hundreds of thousands of dollars more a year with no edu- college education than I do sitting behind this desk with a six-year master's degree.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And he, and basically in so many words, he said he was encouraged to go to school to get a 6 years master's degree to be a banker mm-hmm. and hear me and all my friends in the trades walk in there making three times what he does following our passion.
1: And how much do you have in student loans? Zero. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to dig that little dig in there. Zero. But, um, yeah, I, I remember going back to, like, because the way our our school district worked is that I, I went to a tech school for high school, and I learned motorcycle repair. But my school was, like, my tech school also did academics. So I went... Out of my district to a completely separate school. Now, I remember going to a couple things at, like, my what would be high school. Right. And I knew a lot of these people because I went to middle school with them. And I remember talking to them and everything and and just, like, kind of feeling out what they were going to do and what they're going to do in the future. And none of them knew. No clue. Right. You know, and I'm like, well. Oh, what do you mean you don't know? Like you don't have any idea? Well, no, we're going to go to college and just and just see what happens.
2: Yeah, the tune of what 40 th- 40 grand a year.
1: Yeah. To see what ha- what the- what do you mean? You know, th-
2: this this uh this reminds me, you know, we got a mutual friend uh, Aaron, he's a bullmaker. Oh yeah. And uh, he actually left uh well he can't, he between his own he, doings. He left. He left high school whenever he was uh, 17 years old. Mm-hmm. By the time he was 24, uh, you know, uh, he he joined the a union, the a makers union, and by the time he was 24, he was clearing a hundred grand a year. Yeah. And what was all of his friends doing? The racking up forty grand a year in debt. Yeah. That's a hundred and forty thousand dollars swing. Now, we've already proved that I didn't go to college and I'm not not super super educated, but I know the difference between those two numbers.
1: (laughs) I'm no math magician here, but. (laughs) Yeah, one's
2: a positive, one's a negative. Yeah. You know, it's that simple. I
1: was the same way. And I remember going through high school, aspiring, sitting in uh, motorcycle class, basically, in my tech shop, aspiring to make $25 an hour because I knew that that was $50,000 a year. And to me, in my little pea brain, that was like, you're making it. Right. And then I remember a few years out of graduating high school, sitting there making $25 an hour going, well, now what? Yeah. (laughs) You
2: know, what's the next chapter? And
1: I remember that, well, you know, my best friend, Brandon, um, at the time his girlfriend was, uh, she just got out of nursing school. And she's like, well, I don't understand. like, What's wrong? She's like, I went to nursing school. I'm. I'm I'm a nurse, you know, and I'm working as a nurse, and and you make more money than I do, and I'm a hundred thousand dollars in debt, and I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. It, it just you know, and again, we've talked about. Yes, I want my doctor to go to school. Yes, I want my nurse to go to school. Yes, I want my lawyer to go to school. But Th- I don't there's a
2: lot of people, and in, and in, in is for. For as many people that college is not for them, there's an equal amount of people that college is, is for, for them.
1: yes. And I'm not, like I said, I don't want to discourage that of anybody. I, I,
2: I think the whole point of this conversation is, is the people who do not choose to go to college should not be looked down on. Exactly. Because nine times out of 10, they're better off financially than the people who do go to college.
1: Right. And since And going you, to
2: college does not entitle you to a damn thing.
1: No, God, no. You I know, know- I know many college educated morons- yeah,
2: I just, uh, you know, these people, you know, comments on this truck back here. Well, I, well, I got a degree in engineering. I don't give a crap. <laughs> I, got a, I got a degree in r- real life. Yeah. And I'll put it up against your degree in engineering every damn day. Yeah. You know, I had a guy trying to explain to me how a carrier bearing worked, and he couldn't be the farthest thing from the truth. You know, my my, re- my response to him was, you need to go back to school. Yeah. Or get your money back, one <laughs> or the other. <laughs> get your money back.
1: <laughs> Dear Yale, <laughs> Dirt Perfect told me that you owe me some money. <laughs> yeah, I'm
2: I'm not joking around with this one. I mean, yeah. it's like just oh boy. Right. Since you, you don't make me go down the Kubota rabbit hole,
1: I won't. Since you expertly sidestep my question, <laughs> I'd like to go on record saying I know you did that. Would you at least have any advice for an uh, an upcoming entrepreneur and like? I mean that in a sense is are there classes that maybe they should look at taking, maybe not college but maybe a night class. Yeah.
2: So, um, yeah. And, and honestly, I fell short in this category. I mean, you need to have. You don't have to have a degree in business to be in business. Uh, my ultimate suggestion, and I was pretty lucky in this in this facet, is I is I had a good mentor. Mm-hmm. You know, my grandpa was a very very successful. Uh, businessman and i had other members of my family that were also successful business people so i was able to learn from them and if i had questions i was able to lean on them Mm -hmm. so my first choice would not be going to school for any of that it would be finding somebody that maybe um, uh, i'll give an example of of one thing i did is that before i went out on my own is i actually worked for a construction company for five years and I was very open with my boss whenever I hired in there that my goal was to be self-employed. And he was nice enough. <clears throat> he realized that. He knew he wasn't going to change that. Mm-hmm. And I was able to lean on him, and he mentored me some. Right. So if you can find somebody that you can lean on and ask questions and can mentor you that you are confident, is, that you have confidence in, mm-hmm. that would be my first choice. Okay. Is, is is finding a good mentor and going down that road. Um, now, that mentor needs to cover a lot of different things from management to bookkeeping to bidding to, um, you know, um, budgets and mm-hmm. a lot of different things. Um, if that's not an option for you, uh, I would encourage taking some generic classes, whether it be accounting or business management. But, don't just take it for the basics I mean the basics yeah. ba- just't don't, uh, don't take the class to learn how to do it. Take the class to learn what it is and then you need to figure out how to do it.
1: So that was basically what I was getting at. The advice that I give to people is try to find like a, a basic business finance class right and, and take that class to the perp- or to the point of which you become educated on the subject. Right. So that you can then go out and find yourself an accountant and ask questions and be comfortable that you have picked a good accountant. Yep.
2: And you need to arm yourself with enough information that you feel comfortable making a decision. Right. That's that's what it, what it comes down to. Yes.
1: You don't need to become a subject matter expert, but you need to become aware of the subject.
2: And, you know, every, I get this question a lot. How do I get into the excavating business? And I'm gonna answer this with how do I get into business, mm-hmm. and and you can elaborate on this or you can choose not to. But you mean you had some of these conversations whenever you're getting in the trucking business, and I'll yeah. stand by this, I'll stand by this until the day I die. Is whenever you're getting into business, you don't have a damn clue what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You don't have a. I mean, you're you're going on a bunch of hopes and prayers and thoughts, mm-hmm. but you have zero. I'm talking zero proof of concept. Right. So, my advice to everybody is, is don't jump in with both feet, tippy-toe your way into the water. Yep. Start small. Keep overhead low. Um, if you're going into the excavating business, small buy a small excavator and a pickup truck and let it start building from there. Yep. And, and see where it goes. Because if you jump into the deep end straight off the bat, you ain't got a fighting chance from the word go.
1: You don't jump into deep end without learning how to swim. Right. So, Uh-oh. yeah. And, and I... I I'm perfectly open with the trucking company as a perfect example for this too, um, so I did listen to your advice with that, and we used my wife's truck and we got a um. we got a, a trailer that would work, but wasn't the end goal. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't expensive really, um, and where we went went wrong with that was the trailer was too small, so my response was to not scale accordingly which we've actually talked about that i believe in episode 5 or something the first one with josh um, about you guys' previous business yeah 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 with well, the construction business yeah and trying to trying to understand how to scale your growth right so then we jumped into well now we're going to go buy a, you know a, a commercial truck and we're going to go buy a big ass trailer and we're getting all this debt because we made a little bit of money moving two cars. We're going to make a lot of money moving four cars. It doesn't always work that way. No, on paper it does, but in reality. reality it does not, you know, and, we, and we're very fortunate that we were able to sidestep and do some creative problem-solving, and we walked out without losing our ass. But had we taken a step back and reevaluated this a little bit better, I probably would have sold that trailer Continued using my wife's truck because it was already paid for, and then just gotten a slightly bigger trailer to move three cars. Yeah,
2: so I'm gonna I'm gonna look at this from my point of view, mm-hmm. and I think I and, and jump in here if I'm wrong, Jason, correct me. Mm-hmm. But uh, my experience in business yeah. told me that you need to do something very similar to that, mm-hmm. and I tried to articulate that the best I could without being point blank, oh, and. Black. You know. and but until you learn that for yourself, it's kind of yeah. hard to...
1: And that was the first business venture that I ever did and failed at. And I I, I, I realized that we didn't exactly fail, but I, in my mind, we failed.
2: Well, you failed because you didn't obtain your goal. Yeah. You know and what uh, I mean? And,
1: I, and this also goes back to the very beginning of this episode saying that I don't quite think my goals for that company were realistic. Right. It was a side business that I was trying to make a quarter million dollars a year with. You know, that that's very, very, very difficult to do and... and a lot of that came from um, bad information because we were subcontractors. So the person who was pitching these contracts to me wasn't being exactly honest about the contracts, which is not their fault. It's my fault for believing it. Right. You know, um, like I said, I did take full responsibility for the failure of that business. And there's a lot of lessons to be learned there. And I would hope that anybody listening to this is able to learn from that. You know, don't right. do that. Don't get yourself into a couple hundred thousand. Dollars yeah, that, that's
2: that's the whole point of my conversation is, don't shoot yourself in the foot before you ever leave the starting line. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, for example, if I was in your situation, uh, buying a new truck never would have been on my radar. Like, it just right. flat ass wouldn't have been an option because I ain't going to start off with that kind of overhead. Buying a new trailer, not going to happen.
1: Right?
2: You know, I, I don't know, but you spent what a hundred and. Twenty hundred and ten thousand dollars on the setup.
1: The end result setup. Yeah. Eighty three thousand.
2: Okay, so eighty three thousand dollars startup yeah. cost on the business, and you're hoping to turn on what a quarter hundred or quarter, quarter million, million dollar yeah. profit. Uh, my goals in that situation is you would have been hard pressed to get me to spend over thirty grand, and I would have been hoping to clear a hundred grand. Right, but. If if stuff went wrong, I could have walked away a hell of a lot easier.
1: Yeah, and it was it was a struggle to walk away. Like you I know. said, it was very creative. And,
2: and, I, and I still got that mentality today. Like if I bring a new piece of equipment online in mm-hmm. my construction company, the first one I buy is the cheapest basic model I can get because I don't know what options it needs. I don't know how much I'm going to use it. I don't know what the profitability of it is. Right. Now, if it's around here for two years and I still go back and study the numbers, and I'm thinking I'm seeing the benefit of this thing well guess what we may sell and upgrade it and then I know what I'll use the Traco for an example
1: what I'm looking for next
2: yeah I know exactly what I need to buy I'm not guessing you know what I mean I got the experience and the knowledge and the numbers to Mm -hmm. back me up and 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 the only way you get that is interjected into the fleet and run it right uh is 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 the is the way it works you know I um, I went through several different tracos until I found out the setup that's most efficient for me. I went through several different dozers until I found the ef- setup that was efficient for me. Went through a couple different semis until I found the setup that was efficient for me. And now right. I'm I, I'm willing to spend the big bucks mm-hmm. because I know what the numbers of the return on the investment is going to be.
1: Right, and I will I will interject that the trucking company is kind of a bad example too, because. The solution in my specific situation for that trucking company would have been to just never do it. Right. Keep in mind, I was working night shift at my day job and running the truck during the day.
2: I think you could have been successful if you didn't have your, if it wasn't a hobby job and you were like a true hot shotter.
1: If, if I was to go full board, if I lost my job and I went full board into that company, I could have made a quarter million dollars a year. There's right, no doubt right. in my mind. Um, I would have had that truck paid off within two years, and I'd be running it probably for four years strictly profiting off of it. And that was, I based all of my numbers on that, but the problem was I wasn't being honest with myself in the reality section that you kind of need to sleep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> At some point <laughs> in time,
2: you need to you sleep. You mean you're not Superman? No. It's Crazy. So.
1: Yeah. So, you know, like, that was, that was a really piss-poor experience but Mm -hmm. i would i would do it all again to take away from it what i learned and and i don't
2: want to act like every decision i made was a good one i mean i I, i've i've made a lot of bad decisions along the way just like you did that i had to learn from the hard way right and every one of those bad decisions i made i learned from the hard way nobody was ever going to teach me that i had to learn them the hard
1: way yeah and like i said (laughs) we learned a lot my wife and i both we learned a lot about how to Problem solve right when you have a hundred thousand dollars. Well, in it's it's in the same
2: way the this whole conversation started off. You got your back against the wall, and failure is not an option.
1: Yeah, what are you going to do? Right now, I probably could have just let that truck get repoed, taking a hit on my credit. I could have let the trailer get repoed, taking another hit on my credit. But that's just it. Never crossed my mind. Yeah, it's not an option. No, it wasn't. It was not. Like that's just to me that I don't even know what to consider that because. Just no, right? Not happening, right? Um, and it, it, I guess, <laughs> I don't know how to, to teach that mentality or mindset to somebody, but I really think that if you're listening to this, you're thinking about starting a business, or you, well, you, you know, not? back
2: to your question, you accused me of sidestepping is, would you ever discourage any, anybody from being an entrepreneur? And the answer is absolutely not, like, mm-hmm. if that's what you feel like you're drawn to do and that's what you think you're going to be happy doing, um, absolutely go for it. I mean, you just need to set realistic goals and expectations, uh, especially starting off. You need to find some good, you know, start off small, find some good mentors. If that's not an option, you know, maybe find some classes to get the basics, but by no means do you need to get a degree in anything. Right. Um, you know, it's, uh, uh, this is not a shameless plug or anything like this, but there's a lot of good podcasts, a lot of good YouTube videos out there, mm-hmm. a lot of good information that's, that you can listen to while you're working or driving down the road or yeah. or anything like that. I, I want to caution you a little bit. There's also a lot of bad information out there, so you need yeah. to recognize that.
1: Which goes back a little bit to saying how try to find a reputable source be it a class or something, well,
2: a real class. Uh, in closing, here I'll tell you a quick little story. So, if you're going to listen to a podcast, guy, you're going to listen to a YouTube video, or do it. You got this beautiful tool at your hand called the internet. Yeah, it's D- true. Do some research. Make sure this guy is legit.
1: That's yeah. That's what I'm trying to get
2: out. Uh, you know, you know, if, if 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 you're crazy enough to think that Dirt Perfect's successful, and you want to, you know, see what how he's successful. Go confirm he's successful, you know, do Uh a little research on him and his YouTube channel and his background and and what his story is and and make sure it's the real deal. Because there's a lot of people out there acting like it, Uh and they're not the real deal. And so uh, a quick little story. We were were building houses one time, and we were uh, getting ready to spray foam uh, this house. And the homeowner comes out here and he comes up with all these papers and he don't want this spray foam in his house because he listened to this podcast and watched this video and it it's got all kinds of chemicals in it and he's gonna he's gonna die and it's just the worst thing ever. Mm-hmm. And my very first question to one, I said, Who the hell's that guy? Oh, he's this professor. So I sat there and Google him real quick. Guess what? He's a lawyer for Pink Panther, the competitor. I'm <laughs> like, you know Yeah. It, it just goes to show that you can't take what you hear sometimes for face value. You need yeah. to look into the backstory a little digging. bit. Of course, he's got this opinion. They're taking a market share of his company's business. You know what I mean?
1: Well, this is um, this is an entire different episode. That I'm going to try and force you to cover at some point, which is basically doing your own research and thinking for yourself. <laughs> you know, it's going to be another one of those. I'm not telling you what we're talking about. <laughs>
2: Well, I hope I didn't uh, disappoint you on this one. I had no idea which way we were going and I do have strong opinions about this. And uh I I'm very passionate about the trades and it just it it pains me that people look down on us. Yeah. Some of the the most talented and educated people are in our business. Right. Uh and, and the world will not be what it is today without us. No. Um No and
1: it, it's gonna be a rude awakening if we ever stop. Yeah,
2: I know. just You know, this whole thing where a doctor's up here because he spent 10 years in college and the guy that built the, you know, the um, Washington Monument or the um, George Washington Bridge or the St. Louis Arches, you know, dirt 10 steps below him is just crap. You know what I mean? Those guys, I can't do what they do and they can't do what we do. So why are we on different status levels? You know, we should should be on an equal plateau uh, across there. It's Mm -hmm. just... Um, uh, I don't know. College should not be a status of, uh, I guess a status of education is not the right word, but a, a status of IQ or, or social stature or anything yeah. like that.
1: It's a form of hierarchy. Yeah,
2: yeah. I uh, I don't know. I'll argue that one for uh, for a long time. Pretty passionate about it. I uh, I love what I do, and um, and then it goes across all trades. You know, nursing, culinary arts, mm-hmm. uh, all the mechanical trades. Um, yeah, I mean, we can go on and on and on.
1: Yeah. So, I think in closing, if if you feel that you want to get into the trades, absolutely do it. Yeah,
2: don't let anybody, if if that's what you're passionate about, yeah. be proud of it, and don't let anybody discourage you from it. Yeah. Period.
1: Yeah. Realize that it's probably going to suck. I,
2: I could sit here for another hour. And tell you about the unreal and unbelievable experiences, the places I've worked, the people i met, the stuff I've seen Mm -hmm. working in this industry, and it'll blow your mind. You know some of it.
1: I Uh, know some of it that just happened recently that we're not going to mention, but... Yeah. You know.
2: I mean, you... Yeah, yeah, I can't talk about that, but you have no idea the opportunities that have been presented to me being in the trades.
1: Yeah. And... yeah.
2: Uh, I, <laughs> and, 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 guys, I'm not trying to hide anything from you, but some of it I just can't talk about. Yeah. Uh, you got
1: to respect privacy about things. And, right. And uh, I think anybody who listens to you or watches you on a regular basis will understand that's who you are, and you're going to be respectful of that. Right. But you're also not somebody to blow smoke up anybody's back.
2: No, no, no. If, if I spit it out my mouth, you can fact check it. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I can bullshit with the best of them, but.
1: This isn't one of them times. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely go if you want to go into the trades, go into the trades. If you want to go to college, go to college. Absolutely. But don't take somebody else's telling you what you have to do.
2: No. So you know, I think the best way to wrap this up is—is—I is have two kids. You've got one on the way.
1: No one knows that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> By the time this is out, it already happened.
1: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so, but uh, but anyways, you know, um, if 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 Macy wants to go to college to be a lawyer, mm-hmm. I'm gonna support her 120. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm gonna push her all the way through, whatever she needs to do to be successful. As long as she's passionate about it, that's what she wants to do, mm-hmm. we're gonna do it. If she wants to go to the union and be an electrician, I'm going to have the exact same attitude about it. Right. If she comes to tell me and says I want to go pick up trash, you go for a girl. Right. You know, that's... Um, I'm not going to ever try to talk her into anything or out of anything. Right. Uh, same with Gunner. You know, I um, they just need to be a productive member of society and do something they're passionate about, and uh, we're good to go.
1: Yeah, and I think... T- because you brought up your kids going back to the very beginning of this when I said, you know, what where that spark came from. If you are not fortunate enough to have somebody in your immediate family or your immediate life to look up to, find someone.
2: Yeah, it's not that hard. I mean,
1: no. and
2: if you're I, – I have found some mentors outside of my family. So have I,
1: many of them, actually.
2: And if you show up and they see that spark and drive and interest in you, they will take note of that. I, yeah. I do it with people now. I'm not, uh, I'm not saying I'm a, a mentor to a lot of people, but I have people that come in, and, and some of them I blow off because I just know that they want to hang out with Dirt Perfect. And now the ones that I can tell are serious, and I'll right. take the time with them. Right. You know, I, I'll give them, I'll pay that forward. I'll give them the same time time, and respect.
1: Someone else gave you. Somebody
2: else gave me, right.
1: absolutely. And it, it's with the internet in front of you, if you're struggling to find someone to look up to, just go to YouTube, type in their
2: No, don't do that. But there,
1: it's In all seriousness, though, there are people out there that you can find. Yeah. You don't need to look them up on the internet and be motivated. To right. Try and be successful. If you align with somebody that you see that, and that's what you call success, right? Start, maybe even send them an email. Hey, man, what? If you don't mind, how did you get to where you are? You know, some people might not answer that. Some people might. It's a fifty-fifty chance.
2: And and that's uh, that's hard to answer in an email. As we've been talking about it for an hour and fifteen minutes, and probably haven't only curve or a fraction of it. I oh, mean, there's, there's, there's God
1: bless anybody that's kept up with us. Yeah,
2: but you know, there's a lot more to that than what there is, but. You got to start that conversation, and you got to start yeah. somewhere.
1: Start a conversation. You know, right. try to start a conversation. Don't get butt hurt if they don't answer. Everybody's busy, but it can't hurt to try.
2: Yeah, yeah, you know? it's um, yeah. It, it, we do our you know as social media influencers, we do our best to get to all of them, but it's it's a lot, and it's nothing yeah. personal if we don't get back. It's you know, um, we, we're kind of a one man show a lot of times, and there's a lot of a lot of people reaching out. And, right. Uh, if they take the time to reach out I do the best to get back to them. but it isn't sometimes it's just not feasible right
1: well that's an hour and 17 minutes
2: are you just, are you trying to nicely say you're you're done listening to listen me talk no
1: if you want to keep going go ahead
2: <laughs> I, I think i'm out of intelligence stuff to say for now i
1: have 15 hours left on this hard drive
2: oh boy oh boy <laughs> don't is that a challenge go right ahead <laughs>
1: <laughs> so <laughs> this is part seven of why you should not yeah. listen to your guidance so, uh, counselor. Still, no, that's not true. The guidance counselor should just... This is part eight of why Mike should never have listened to his guidance counselor.
2: <laughs> if uh, I was pretty fortunate with the guidance counselor I had because she was a family friend and she knew how stubborn and hard-headed I was <laughs> and she wasn't about to try to talk me out of anything. <laughs>
1: Oh God! Did she get like a shiver or something when you walked through the door? <laughs>
2: yeah, no, she's she, she'd asked me what we're doing today, not what I was, you know. Uh, actually, well, I had two gowns counselors, and both of them were, were family friends, and they. So yeah. you're
1: saying that you were such a pain in the ass you needed to. No, no, no,
2: no. It uh, it was. Uh, I was pretty. I was pretty fortunate. I was dead set on what my goals were going to be, and and I uh, was fortunate enough to uh, obtain them. So. I say we uh, wrap this one up, and we'll pick her up on another date.
1: Yeah, and we'll uh, get to some more topics.
2: Yeah, so hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, keep in mind, everything is now available on all the major streaming platforms, and we also post on YouTube. If you got anything else we maybe didn't cover in this you'd like for us to elaborate on, what is it, a uh, few points on perfect at uh, yahoo.com?
1: Yep, or if you're on YouTube, leave a comment below. Comment below. So. That's usually when you answer.
2: Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Probably I probably
1: log back into that account, huh? <laughs> <laughs>
2: You did like some of my replies there before. I so I did. Um so. Nope,
1: nope, no, nope, no. Nope. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> so but uh as always guys, thanks for watching or listening, whatever you're doing. Yeah. Uh hopefully you can take something uh useful away from this and uh I guess we'll catch you on the next one.
1: See you in the next one.